Okay, hi everybody. So on this week's podcast, we're joined by Martha Killaway, and we've been um, in contact with Martha for some years. She's been a friend of Medic to Medic for some time, and this year she's helped us out with our annual alumni survey. So she's very kindly agreed to share with us some of the main findings um, and tell us a bit more about the survey itself. Um, so thank you for joining us, Martha. We're really excited to talk with you and find out a bit more. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, first of all, um, and a bit about your background? Uh, thank you very much, Tamsin. Uh, I'm Martha Togokiloe, as you've already said. Uh, I at one time did pharmacy at the College of Medicine, but right now I'm working as a monitoring and evaluation officer for Church's Action Relief and Development Malawi. Uh, I'm also volunteering as the monitoring and evaluation officer for Medic to Medic, and I'll be assisting with carrying out of the graduate service each and every year, and each and every time there is need for me to carry out such. So uh, regarding the same, uh, we carried out a graduate survey between the months of March and April in the year 2022, and here with me is a summary of the findings from the graduate survey. Thank awesome. you. Awesome, awesome. So it's really great. We're so happy that um, you are helping us with the annual surveys because previously it was quite difficult to manage for us, um, like gathering the data, but like when, when we're not um, always present in Malawi. So it's fantastic um to have you to delegate some of that task to so we're really happy to be working with you and thank you for volunteering with us um and we, thank you we, we hope that you don't get bored with us and that it doesn't become an onerous task but maybe as we get bigger and bigger it might get more challenging so we'll need to build like a team of monitoring and evaluation people <laughs> um <laughs> of which you will be the leader <laughs> um that'll be awesome <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about what, how the survey took place this year. Um, how, how did we do it? Uh, uh, basically, uh, we designed a questionnaire about the, uh, the graduate service, uh, focusing on how they are failing after graduating from school. Uh, the aim was just to find out how they are progressing with their studies, and whether they are able to help a wider community after graduating, whether they are working or not, and uh, whether they are also contributing to the, uh, the wider profession, like the medical profession itself. So uh, a questionnaire was designed uh, in Google Forms and the link to the questionnaire was shared amongst all the graduate, the graduate students, at which they were asked to respond to the questionnaire uh, this was done through either the email, the WhatsApp, uh, as well as uh, through phone calls for those that were not able to take the questionnaire through WhatsApp or emails. Uh, so from the findings, uh, the responses were sent to us and then uh, data cleaning as well as analysis was done and the report writing followed afterwards. Thank you. Awesome. So the data collection all took place, like you said, in March and April. Um, were there any challenges with, with like the data collection that, that you found? Yeah, there were quite a number of challenges that we encountered, uh, but largely uh, most of the students were, I don't know whether they were busy or they're just not willing to respond to the questionnaire on time. 
So we ended up uh, delaying the data correction process and we finished a bit later than the planned time. So that was the main challenge. But on the other hand, uh, the process was a success and we managed to get up to 98% response from the 100% that we aimed at. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, so what was the breakdown of all of our alumni community? Sorry, because we have 163 graduates, I think at the time that we were sending out the survey. Um, and like you said, we had 98% we had response rate. What was the breakdown of kind of the, the main uh, disciplines of, of healthcare workers that we've su supported? Uh, thank you very much, Tamsin. Maybe before I get to that, uh, there was also a disaggregation of data by gender. So, so we had 70% were the male graduates, while 30% were uh, female healthy personnel graduates. And their average age was 31, while the range was from 22 to 49. So it means our graduates so far, they are ranged between 22 to 49. And on marital status, 53% uh, were married, 42% were single, 3% uh, preferred not to reveal their marital status, and 1% had divorced, and another 1% had separated. So mm -hmm. in terms of the uh, disaggregation of the graduates by profession, uh, we had almost 72 medical doctors, uh, 24 physiotherapists, uh, 30 pharmacy personnel, 19 mental health nurses, 10 nurses and midwifery officers, uh, five clinical officers, uh, three pediatricians, one optometrician, one child health nurse, one medical laboratory scientist, one biotechnologist, uh, one internal medical doctor, two psychosocial counselors, as well as three in other careers which they were not able to reveal. Okay. So that was the disaggregation by the healthy professionals. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. I think that really shows how Medics Medica are expanding and how many more um, different types of health workers are sort of coming through and finishing uh, exactly. Yeah, which is great because obviously initially we we started with just medical doctors, which is one of the reasons why um, they're our largest group of health workers that we've we've helped um, at university. But we've got a whole range of, of new um, and and a wider range of professions that are coming through now, which is really fantastic. Um, and so one of the next things that we're, we're always asked is how many of the graduates are still uh, in the country that they trained. Um, there's always that worry about brain drain as soon as you train um, very skilled people, whether they will, will stay or, or whether they will migrate to seek new opportunities. What were the findings from our survey about our graduates? Are they still in Malawi? Uh, thank you very much, Thompson. Uh From the findings, majority of students graduates are indeed in their countries of training, uh, with 90% in Malawi, 2.5% uh, in Uganda, and 7.4% staying outside their countries they trained in. So uh, the 7.4% equates to 12 uh, graduate students. So out of those 12 uh, who are staying outside the countries of training, uh, three are based in the Republic of South Africa. Another three were based in the United States of America. 
and two each are based in the UK as well as Botswana, uh, respectively. One is in Lesotho and one did not reveal the country in which they were, they were in. And of those uh, who are outside the countries of training, 50% uh, are within Africa, spreading in countries like South Africa, Botswana and Lesotho, while another 50% are outside Africa, specifically in the United Kingdom and United States of America. Thank you. Yeah, wow. That's so okay. So just to clarify that, so that's 90% of students uh, or graduates, sorry, are you uh, in Malawi. And then some people might not know this as well, yeah. but we've had a very a much smaller cohort of students that we've supported in Uganda. So kind of 90% are still in Malawi, 2.5% who were trained in Uganda are still in Uganda. So that's 92.5% yeah. overall are still in their country of training, which is which is great and then I always think it's interesting if, if we kind of break it down like you were mentioning to those who are outside of their country where they trained um you know the vast majority are still within Africa so it shows that not many graduates are going to like high income nations to work um so kind of that actually is evidence for us to show that the brain drain isn't as prominent within the group of students that we've supported um, through their training, which is great. Um, but do, do you know why the ones that are in the UK or the United States, um, why, why they are there? Are they working or are they doing further training um, with other scholarships that they've had? And I, I know there's one in the UK that has a scholarship for a PhD. Um, so, which is fan a fantastic achievement as well. Do you, do you know about the others at all? Yeah, quite well. Uh, the number of students who are outside uh, Africa are there for a number of reasons. Uh, from the 12, uh, five are pursuing further studies, more especially specialist trainings, while two are working. Uh, one followed a spouse and four did not disclose the reasons for being abroad. So uh, the findings are revealed that graduates are outside their countries of training and they're expecting to return after a certain period of time that is ranging between 2022 to 2025, except one who was not sure as to when they might be back. So hey. it's basically pursuing further studies. That's the main reason why they are outside Africa. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so they, they've all kind of said that they intend to return to where they trained most most of the graduates who are training out are currently outside of their country of training trained in Malawi yeah. so they're all planning to yeah. return albeit at their own their own pace which is which is a really wonderful thing that we can we can say that again within our community most are planning well all are planning to work in Malawi which is um, where there is obviously great need as well um, which is fantastic um, what other findings were there in terms of the survey? What were some of the other things that were, were asked? Uh, we also found out on the status of employment. And the study revealed that 132 graduates of the 163 were employed. And 30 were not employed, while one had self-employment during the time of the study. I think some of the things that I really like thinking about in terms of scholarships, and we're trying to identify and get a bit more objective data from our community, is sort of the knock-on effects of a student or a 
graduate now having sustainable employment and receiving a salary. Um, so I know we asked some questions about some of their financial responsibilities sort of within the wider family and number of children that they are supporting with school fees. What were some of those findings? Uh, in terms of financial support, uh, we established that 143 graduates uh, do provide financial support in form of school fees to their children, as well as relatives. And the relatives ranged uh, from brothers, sisters, nieces, as well as uh, cousins. Uh, the children and relatives getting the support are pursuing either secondary as well as tertiary education. And on average, the number of relations provided with school fees was three, and the range was from one to 10. So this means on average, every graduate uh, is supporting at least three uh, children or relatives uh, in form of uh, school fees provision. Uh, that was about the financial support. Yeah, that's and, uh, Further to that, uh, we also established whether graduates are into uh, various leadership roles. And from the findings, uh, we found out that uh, a good number of graduates are in two various leadership roles, uh, be it voluntary, managerial roles, both in the clinical and clinical settings, as well as other health promotion activities in the local communities. And uh, some graduates showed serious notable leadership roles. Uh, for example, one was recognized as the best physiotherapist at Queen Elizabeth Central Hospital, following proper documentation of cases and pains units. Another one was given a focal personal role on handling COVID-19 issues, while another one on the column in weekend national newspapers titled Critical Health, where a number of various health issues are being written on. So uh, these were the remarkable various leadership roles uh, that we found amongst our graduate students uh, during the time of the study. But there are also other extra leadership roles that the uh, graduates are, are displaying. Uh, most of them are ranging from being high positions uh, medical personnel in various uh, district hospitals. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. You've been able to show such a broad range of the impact of students qualifying and, and graduating, which is fantastic. Was there any, um, any other information that we were able to obtain from the survey um, in relation to uh, yeah. sort of the impact of scholarships? Yeah, in order to also uh, find out the impact of the scholarship, we also uh, asked the graduates uh, to review whether they are able to own a house or a car as a sign of an improvement from their uh, status. So uh, we found out that uh, 10 uh, student graduates have houses, 88 did not uh, own houses, or two did not review whether they own houses or not. And 52% of graduates had a driving license, while 47 did not have a driving license by the time of the study, while two did not disclose on the status of having a driving license. On the same, uh, 46 of graduates of those having driving license had cars and were driving, while 51% did not have cars and 3% were silent on whether they own cars or not. Uh, of the 52% having driving license, uh, it meant 84 graduate students had driving license. And out of the 84, 29% were 
reviewed the years in which they obtained the driving licenses, uh, to which uh, 55 did not review the years they obtained the licenses. So the licenses were obtained between the years of 20, 2007 and 2022, and the model year was 2021. Uh, this means uh, most of our graduate students obtained their cars and driving licenses in the year 2021. And again, the study also discovered a number of financial responsibilities graduates are committed into. And from the findings, 77% of graduates are involved in a number of financial responsibilities. Well, 17 were not involved in other responsibilities and six did not reveal whether they have other responsibilities apart from school fees commitments. And on the same, of the 77% of graduates involved in a number of financial responsibilities, 68% uh, were mainly responsible for taking care of their own families and extended families through providing daily basic needs, constructing houses for their elderly parents, purchasing farm inputs like the dries and seeds for relatives who are based in the rural areas, and some who have retired and still live in urban towns, but they cannot uh, find uh, sustainable income for their houses. 60% were involved in providing school fees either for themselves, their children, or other relations, and 1% each were committed uh, to providing support in form of medical bills, child support, uh, support to church activities, and also preparing for major functions like weddings. So a number of graduate students are really having uh, serious financial responsibilities, uh, helping their extended family members in mm. various ways. Thank you. Okay, well, you, you gave a lot of information there. That was fantastic. Um, I just wanted to clarify a few of those things. So in terms of um, the houses, it was 10% overall of graduates owned their own houses. Yes. And 88% um, did not own a house, 2% yeah. didn't state. Um, and then in terms of owning a car, um, 46% of graduates have a car, 51% yes. of graduates have no car, 3% um, didn't disclose. That's, they're pretty impressive numbers, aren't they? I guess um, it'd be really interesting to, to know, um, like compare that with population figures in Malawi, which, um, do, you, do you have any idea of what that compares to in terms of like how many people in Malawi own their own house? Um, is there any way that we might be able to compare that? Sorry, I know I've sprung that question on you. I was just thinking that as we were chatting, like it would be, it would be like interesting to compare that maybe with another professional group or maybe people who haven't graduated, maybe just to try and compare an impact. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure of the entire population, but maybe comparing the medical profession and the law profession, uh, this was a great achievement. Uh, most of the lawyers uh, do have cars and houses uh, as compared to doctors. So having 46% of our student graduates having cars, uh, this is like a, a good sign of a greater improvement on our side. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, well, that's fantastic. I think the survey covered so much and you did so well to 
you've draw out all the information in the analysis because 163 responses with all of the different information was was definitely yeah, like very um challenging for for me who has lots of other things um going on all the time so as i say it's been great to delegate that task to you to to take on did you did you enjoy the process yeah i really enjoyed yeah oh good yeah it's been quite interesting and i look forward to having more of them yeah oh fantastic i'm looking forward to you doing more of them as well it'll be, be yeah. really, really good um that's great is there anything else you wanted to share with us about the findings of the survey uh yeah uh, let me share three aspects uh the first one is on professional capacity uh we also established uh whether our graduates uh are involved in various professional capacities apart from their uh, normal daily routines. So from the findings, 32% uh, of graduates have ever been involved in various professional capacities uh, through their engagements uh, in either uh, newspaper interviews or articles, radios, as well as television interviews or programs. And some of the topics that were covered uh, through these platforms uh, included uh, drug theft in public hospitals, uh, mental health awareness, uh, cervical cancer screening and awareness, uh, COVID-19 transmission, vaccine uptake, as well as uh, prevention strategies, safety and efficacy, sexual offenders for mental disorders in relation to mental health, stress management, sexual productive health by medicine, physiotherapy awareness, uh, dialysis machine and kidney disease, relationship between COVID-19 and communicable diseases, Awareness of sickle cell disease, alcoholism, health talk on hypertension, sexual reproductive health rights and COVID-19, health service delivery, uh, malaria sensitization, geriatric health, sport and health, health and diabetes, uh, burden of miscarriages, and many other uh, areas of concentration. So this is a sign that uh, through the medic to medic funding, uh, we have reached out to a wider community with various health information uh, through these platforms where majority of uh, Malawians do access information, more especially the radios as well as uh, the television uh, interviews. So that was about a uh, professional capacity. And apart from the uh, professional capacity, uh, we also, uh, found out uh, on the impact of funding by the medic to medic So from the findings, uh, we established that uh, medic to medic funding has influenced educational attainment amongst the graduates who might have failed to attend such kind of education. Uh, and this has led to uh, improved economic situation of graduates, uh, both themselves as well as their respective homes. And out of this, uh, more than 84% of graduates shared that through Medic to Medic, they were able to finish their studies and have acquired better jobs with better salaries, uh, such that they have attained financial independence and stability, which is enabling them to support a wider community through provision of school fees, basic needs, uplifting parents' lives, and others are able to take up some social responsibilities in their communities. And additionally, other graduates are able to save up capital 
and also invest in other opportunities, uh, which was not possible before the funding. On the same, other graduates shared various experiences on financial hardships that they faced before being enrolled with Medic to Medic. And this could have led to their failure for attainment of their degrees in medical profession. And some of the challenges that they encountered before a Medic to Medic signed them up included parents getting into debts to settle their fees, piling of fees balances at the school institutions, risking students for potential withdrawal on financial grounds, not having medical equipment and resorting to borrowing, uh, which was quite challenging, for psychological torture due to worries of dropping out resulting from failure to square their fees balances, staying without meals at school campuses due to lack of upkeep allowances, getting warnings of likelihood of being withdrawn from financial problems, being denied opportunity to write exams nor access uh, examination results because of fees balances, being uh, denied classes because of fees balances, failure to concentrate in class due to constant thinking of where to get financial support, staying at school without groceries and burdening parents to sell assets like land and livestock in order to get money for school fees and upkeep allowances, missing opportunities to get accommodation on campus due to late registration from delayed fees payments and lack of money to make handouts. These are like notes as they did not have laptops and others resorted to borrowing of friends' laptops and constant depression leading to poor performance, etc. So with the funding from the Medic to Medic, uh, they were able to overcome all such problems. And in the end, there is like a smile on the graduate faces which led to their success. And in the end, become very uh, influential and very important citizens in Malawi as whole. And lastly, on contributing to Medic to Medic funding, uh, the study on the other hand notified graduates of how Medic to Medic uh, has now been registered as a charity organization in Malawi and with the possibility of having a number of fundraising activities uh, to be carried out in Malawi and Uganda to raise funds for student support. So approximately all graduates had shown interest to contribute to a certain amount of money either annually, monthly, or weekly, and participating in the various fundraising activities organized. So in summary, uh, we have seen that uh, medic to medic funding has really brought great impact uh, in training medical personnel, and graduates appreciate the gesture in recommending medic to medic uh, to keep on doing the wonderful work. Uh, that's what I can share as of now. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you, Martha. You really covered a lot of ground. Um, in that last little time, but I think, well, yeah, you covered everything. I can't think of anything extra that we need to add in. <laughs> um, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for all your hard work. Um, I think because there was so much information in this podcast, maybe if we just pick out some of the main points that people should take away. So for me, it was that there's now 163 graduate alumni in the medic to medic um, community, which is pretty amazing. I think maybe in the next 18 months, two years, we'll, we'll top 200, which will be fantastic. Um, and the take home point for me is that, um, again, 90% of graduates are still in the country where they were trained, um, but 97% are still in Africa and just a minority are outside in higher income nations. 
um, and also that the um, I don't I can't remember the percentage, but a large proportion, like 140 out of the 163, are supporting children with school fees, either who are relatives or who are in their community, which kind of really for me shows the great direct impact of of scholarships and, and having a salary. For you, what were some of the kind of the three top take home points for you? Um. Uh, my three take-home points were that uh, over 90% of the graduate students are employed and they are able to uh, provide support to the white community through either school fees, uh, basic needs, as well as other social responsibilities. And the third thing was that uh, there's willingness amongst our students to pursue further studies abroad, mm -hmm. seen by the majority of students who are in two masters as well as PhDs. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Martha. We'll um we'll we'll talk again soon because I'm really hoping we can delegate a few more tasks and surveys to, to you. <laughs> it's been lovely, lovely working with you. <laughs> um, thank you. And we'll talk more soon. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Uh, you're most welcome, Tamsin. And thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>